Lord of God, amen. If you would remain standing and get your Bibles and turn with me to the book of 2 Kings chapter number 6. We begun a, began a study earlier in the month on vision and I feel like the Lord would have us continue with that thought. Today we want to look at 2 Kings chapter number 6. We're going to look this morning at verse number 8. 2 Kings chapter number 6 and verse number 8. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place where the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there not once, nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing, and he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which one of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. And he said, Go and spy where he is that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore send me thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. That is the reading of 2 Kings chapter number 6, verses 8 through 17, if correctly read this morning. I want to preach on this thought. Lord, open our eyes. Lord, open our eyes. Father, this morning, would you touch us? Would you open our eyes? Would you cause us to see as you see? Help us today, Father, I pray to preach the word of God in the power and in the demonstration of your spirit today. For this I pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people say with me, Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. These events take place in the time of the divided kingdom of Israel when Israel was divided between the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And the king of Israel at this point in time is a man by the name of Jehoram. And the king of Syria is a man by the name of Ben-Hadad. You may remember Ben-Hadad because he is the one who had a captain of the host by the name of Naaman who was a leper and their god Baal could not cure the leper and Naaman was sent to Israel with the testimony that God could cure him and after he dipped seven times in the Jordan River he was made whole. And so this king Ben-Hadad he should have known that the God of Israel is an all-powerful God. 
In fact, when you start this chapter, in chapter number 6, you see a young man who is going out to help build or increase the size of the building of the school of the prophets. So many people are being called, they need to enlarge. And a young man goes out and he borrows an axe. And as he's chopping wood, the axe comes off, the head of the axe comes off, the axe uh, handle itself and goes into the river. And he could not reach it. He could not find it because the Jordan is deep. It's cold and it's muddy. And we know that the man of God took a stick and he reached down into the water. And the Bible says God caused the axe head to float. And the young men took the axe head off the top of the water and put it back on the handle. And it's a picture of a man or a woman who's lost their spiritual edge, who's lost their spiritual power in their walk with God. And now they've gotten it back. And about the time you start getting your power back, about the time you start getting your walk back with God, expect that the enemy is going to come. The Bible says, Then the king of Syria warred against Israel. As long as you're a child of God, as long as you are living for God, you better plan on the fact you are going to have some enemies. You're going to have some foes some adversaries, backbiters, troublemakers, critics, or haters. And the problem is you don't always know who they are, but sooner or later they will show their true colors. Amen. After Israel had been used to bring healing in Naaman's life, they turned right back around on him. Ever had that happen to you? When we look at this text, we want to see four things. Number one, I want us to see the fight that is discovered, the fight that is discovered. Then the king of Assyria warred against Israel. Now, I just want to point this out, that Israel was a marked people. Now, we already saw where Naaman was granted healing by the Lord, and we know that their god Baal couldn't heal him. They've got a god of war by the name of Remon. He's not going to be able to get victory in this situation. Verse 8 says, In such the king said, took counsel privately with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. So he's laying plans in private counseling that he's going to have a base camp, and from that base camp he's going to launch a strategy of attack, a battle plan upon Israel. It's going to be unexpected. It's going to be a surprise attack. I feel like I'm preaching to somebody today that you are under attack. You're in a battle. You're in a fight right now this morning. And Syria, I believe, attacked Israel because they, serving Baal and Rimon and other gods, they hated Jehovah God and they warred against Israel. So Israel is a marked people. They're being attacked because they serve God. Child of God, you that are walking with the Lord, you are marked today. And the enemy has put a bullseye on your back. And he is doing battle with you because he hates the God that you serve. He hates you walking with the Lord and he's got to stop it. There are marked people. But in verse 9 we see a ministry production. Verse number 9 says the man of God, that's Elisha. He went to the king of Israel and he said, Listen, beware that you don't go to such and such a place 
for the Syrians are come down there. And verse 10 says that the king of Israel saved himself by heeding the counsel and the advice of the man of God not once or twice. In other words, many times he was spared or saved because he listened to the man of God's instructions. The Bible says that we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. And I am thankful this morning that even though we are living in a wicked world and even though we face a lying devil, that there is still a word from God in this day in which we live. Though you be under attack, though you feel like you're surrounded, there is a word from God that you and I should heed today. And the devil hates the ministry of the church. I really believe that one of the designs of COVID was trying to separate people and pull them out of church and cause them to quit serving God and living for God and reading their Bibles and coming together that we may worship, amen? And then you turn around and you see a people that in the middle of a pandemic, they're still walking with God. They're still serving God. They've not been detained, amen? They're still serving God. And the king, old devil, says, Hey, didn't we try to stop them? Go down there and find out. Let's spy on them and find out what they've got and see if it's real. Is it real, church? The devil's doing all he can to get you out of church. When he comes here, he's going to find there's still a choir that's singing songs of Zion and praise unto Jesus Christ. When he gets here, he finds out they still teachers teaching. they still preachers preaching. There's still men and women lifting up holy hands, serving God, ministering to the lost, praying and seeking God's face. Hey, if we've ever praised Jesus, today is the day that we need to do it. Amen. When I look in verse number 11, the old king of Syria, he has seen that the king of Israel has been spared three and four and many more times. And he says to all his private counsel, he says, will you show me which one of us is for the king of Israel? Who's the traitor amongst us? Who is the double agent? Amen. Verse 12, somebody said, no, none, my Lord. It's that man of God, Elisha. He has given them warning. I don't know how he knows it, but once you speak in private, Somehow he knows about it. That tells me there is a God who knows all things. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about the enemy. And he lays out a plan to keep us safe from the entrapments of the enemy. Verse 13, the king says, go and spy where he is. We're going to uh, send and fetch him. And somebody says, I'll tell you where he is. He's down there in Dothan. Now, the last time I've seen in the Word of God the place of Dothan, he was a, Joseph was going to check on his brothers, and he ran up on a man, and he said, Have you seen such and such a man? That be my brothers. And he said, Behold, they're down there in Dothan. We remember what happened down there that day, how they threw, threw him in a pit and went off and, and sent him off down there into Egypt. Dothan is in the Word of God two times, and the name Dothan means a double well. It's a double well. It's there two times. I want to tell you something today. It was God's plan for Joseph to be going into Egypt, 
That way the children of Israel were spared, amen, in the middle of a famine. God made a way. You may say, preacher, dear, now I don't really like that. Let's talk for a second. Let's just talk for a second. You know the man of God, Stephen, when it was time for him to preach, they stoned him. But then on the day of Pentecost, when it was time for Peter to preach, 3,000 people got saved, amen. Both of them was preaching. Both of them was doing the will of God. One, 3,000 got saved. The other one had 3,000 stones thrown at him. It's still the will of God, amen. I just want to say to you this morning that there's a value of you serving God in the day in which we now live. Now, verse 14, look what the king sent to get that one preacher, that one prophet of God, Elisha. He sent horses, chariots, and a great host. The Bible says they came by night. They came to surround the city. They came to cause trouble. They came to intimidate. The devil's design for you is to divide you, to cause you to doubt, to cause you to get discouraged, to cause you to have dissension. Now just hear me this morning just for a second. We see that the man of God is surrounded by the enemy. And today it may be that you feel like you're surrounded by the enemy. I told the prayer room this morning I bowed down to tie my shoelace as I was getting ready for church and I noticed that where I tied all this time that shoestring is frazzled. It's just about ready to snap. And I, while I was down there, I bowed and prayed and said, Oh God, that's where I am today. I'm weary. I'm frazzled. I'm just about ready to snap and just about ready to a breaking point. Lord, I don't know how much more I can take. I got my cup full and some sloshing out. I'm loaded. Lord, I feel like I'm surrounded. There's attacks and persecution. And I feel like, Lord, I'll never get everything done. I need to get this done. I need to go here. I'll never get everything done that I think needs to be done. And God said, son, you just do what I tell you to do. And I'll keep all the devils off of you. I'll stop the attack. You just look to me. Now, you may be today somebody that's, that you're, all, you're, all, you're always tied up and always beneficial, but today you're just about ready to be frazzled out because of sickness or financial struggle or misunderstandings in the family. I'm just talking to you today that we see a fight that is discovered. You didn't know it was going on. It has been going on from a secret camp. And God today has showed you there is a fight that is on. There's an enemy that hates your singing. There's an enemy that hates us preaching. There's an enemy that hates us gathering today to praise and serve Jesus Christ. And I'll just be honest with you, that makes me mad. And it makes me want to preach. And it makes me want to sing. And it makes me want to praise God. Number two, there is a fear that is discerned. A fear that is discerned. Verse 15. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host come past the city, both with horses and chariots. We'll say a couple things right here. That must have been a captivating sight. When the servant went out and he saw a host, a host that was not for him, a host that was against him, a host that had surrounded the city to take his master away. What he saw dominated him. What he saw and heard 
intimidated him. He saw from man's perspective. He saw with an earthly viewpoint. He needs to be seen with a heavenly viewpoint. He saw as a man, he did not see as the master. And what he saw caused great fear. In fact, what he saw influenced his comments. He said, verse 15, Alas, my master, how shall we do? I want to tell you what this young man saw that day when he saw that enemy surrounding him. He saw their threat. I'm telling you this morning, there are some of you that have saw the threat. And in their threat, you see ruin. You see danger. You see dismay. You see catastrophe. You see despair. You see fear. And you're experiencing it. It's a captivating sight. Calamity has surrounded him. Behold this host of men and horses and chariots surrounding the entire city. The book of Lamentations. Chapter number 3, verse 51. This is what Jeremiah wrote down. Lamentations 3, 51. Mine eye affecteth my heart. What I see affects my heart. What I see affects and causes how I feel. I'm talking to some of you today. You've been looking at the wrong thing. Preacher Darren, I've just been watching the news. Cut it off. You've been watching the wrong thing. Preacher Darren, I've been watching the stock market. Preacher Darren, I've been watching the gas prices. Preacher Darren, I've been watching. Listen, those things that are affecting your heart are causing you to fear and causing you to get intimidated. Honey, you need to get away from those things and you need to get yourself in the infallible, inerrant, inspired Word of God. He has a clueless status. He says, alas, my master, how shall we do? In other words, he's paralyzed by fear. He's overcome by what he saw. His present circumstances caused him to go, I've forgotten God's promises. I've forgotten God's power. All I see is an enemy and I go, what am I going to do? Preacher Darren, you can't make those. He's dismissing God's almighty protection. Fear is when I meditate upon the lies of the devil. I'm not told to live in fear. I am told to live in faith. Alas, my master, how shall we do? He's crying out for Elisha, the man of God. He is not asking advice from a blind man. He is asking advice from someone who can see. I'm t- there's many of us today, you see bad news on top of more bad news. You see hope that never comes. You see sickness and death on every hand. You see financial struggles. You see sin 
running rampant throughout our land, throughout our families. You see the devil seemingly winning the battle. You see the crisis as never-ending. Preacher Dan, this is never going to end. Just when I think it's finally going to be over, it just keeps going and going, and the dish runs away with the spoon, and the cow jumped over the moon. Amen. Preacher Darren, it's just like it's never going to stop. But I just want to say this this morning. You have a God that sits high and looks low. He knows about your financial struggle, and he says, I own the cattle of a thousand hills. He knows about the sickness and the despair that surrounds you, and he says, I am God, your healer. You, he knows about the fear that has gripped your heart. And he says, I am God, your protector. I'm just saying today to you that fear comes because you're facing something that is stronger or bigger than you are. Honey, that's good. But in reality, the God you serve is greater than the thing you're afraid of. The God you serve is stronger than the thing you're afraid of. Thirdly, we see the faith that is distinguished. By the word distinguished, I mean it is outstanding all by itself. The Bible says whatsoever is not a faith is sin. The Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. It is faith that moves God. You defeat fear with faith. You've got to have some faith. Look what Elisha said in verse 16. When the man of God said, we're surrounded, what are we going to do? Look at all them horses, look at all them church, ha, ha, ha. look at all them people, ha, I don't know what we're going to do. We got pro- I'll ask my master, what hell shall we do? He was all worked up in a panic. He was in a complete tizzy, if I could say that here in the mountain. And the man of God heard what his servant had to say He looked around and saw exactly what he saw. And look what he said in verse 16. Fear not. Fear not. Elisha was peaceful. Elisha was calm. His servant's in a panic. The man of God is saying, Son, God's not abandoned us. Did you know you cannot have faith and fear at the same time? You, you, You Listen, listen to me. If you cut the lights off in the middle of the night here and it gets complete dark, you cut the lights on, it gets complete light. You can't have light and darkness at the same time. So if you have fear, get into faith. And your faith will dispel the panic and the fear that you're going through. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 7, God hath not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. He's dispelling the panic by the words, fear not. That means calm down. Do not be afraid. He goes on and he gives him a definitive proclamation. Read what he says. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Now, I like math because math is filled with absolutes. Right? It's not about an opinion. It's not an English class or a history class or a science class where it's about opinions. Math is absolutes. 
One plus one is two. Two plus two is four. It is absolute. This is a word of truth from the Lord. There are more with us than there are with them. You feel surrounded. You're in a panic. You've got fear. Things are gripping your heart. Honey, stop and look. If God be for you, who could be against you? There's more with you than oppose you today. Obviously, Elisha, the man of God, is seeing something the servant of God is not seeing in this situation. I wonder what it might be. Verse 17, Elisha prayed. Oh, in the time of fear and panic, I see decisive prayer. Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes. Evidently, Elisha's already got his open. Lord, open his eyes. And I title the message, Lord, open our eyes. <laughs> Hope all of us, we need an eye-opening experience of the glory and the power of God. Open his eyes that he may see. Elisha is praying that his servant would get a fresh vision of what God is doing. Look here at verse 17. We see the Lord open the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Fourthly, we see the favor that is displayed. When the young man, the young man didn't say, God opened my eyes. Elisha was praying for him. Lord, open his eyes. He thought, this is never going to happen. And immediately his eyes were open. And he saw by night the horses and the chariots and the host of the enemy. But then he looked and saw beyond them. And he, he saw what surrounds me is surrounded by God. God surrounds what surrounds me. He saw horses and he saw chariots and he saw a host of fire that had surrounded his enemy. What a blessing. Now think about it. The miracle then is not in the appearance of these horses and chariots of fire. The miracle is in God's ability to open his eyes and show him. You know what that tells me? That the horses and the chariots of fire were there the whole time. Kind of makes me want to look around today. Get a new perspective on things. Maybe get above my perspective where I am now as man's perspective and man's reasoning and get the master's perspective and see what he's going to do about it. Amen. Get your eyes off yourself. Get your eyes off your problems and say, Lord, open my eyes and show me what you're doing. Show me your glory. Show me your presence. Show me your power. Show me your peace. When there is no peace, when there's trouble on every hand, God said, I got this. And peace flooded his soul immediately. What God showed him is, I am still in control. I need amen right there. God is still in control. 
he saw a vision of the armed forces of heaven surrounding them. Spiritual resources. God is watching over you personally. He surrounds you, protects you, strengthens you, and settles you. There was a missionary in Africa who a local church in America had sent him money. And so the missionary got on a bicycle to ride down to the post office to pick up the money. He had a few, you know, whatever currency it was there in Africa where he was staged, but he was going to pick up more money. And he went to pick up the money, and as he came back, he saw two men fighting. He he had already stopped with the money and bought some medical supplies, and he broke up the fight, and he mended the wounds of the one and ministered Christ to him, and the old boy got saved. The next day, the missionary was out working again, trying to help others, and the guy that just got saved came back and said, Sir, I must tell you this. Five of my buddies and I saw you riding your bicycle on your way to get more money. And we thought we were going to rob you, kill you, steal your money, what you had, and steal your bicycle. But when we saw you get into the woods and the armed guards that were with you, we were afraid. Where are those armed guards? He said, what armed guards? He said, we saw 26 armed guards standing all around you, moving with you as you went through the forest. I don't know. I can't explain it. This missionary was, came home to the States, and when he was speaking in a church in, Mich- in Michigan, he was telling the story. A man over in the corner said, wait, wait, stop. What day was that? And the missionary said it was on Tuesday, such and such date. He said, that morning I was out at the marketplace and got such a burden for you, I called the church, and listen to this, brother, 26 men gathered in the church to call on God that you would be secure. And he said, I want all the men that was here that morning praying with me to stand. And when they turned around and counted, there were 26 men that stood there and prayed, amen, and said, we were praying for you. And God took their prayers and their petition, and God sent 26 of heaven's finest warriors to stand guard over him. What is our prayer life accomplishing? When you get someone on your heart, stop and pray. Seek the face of God. He saw that God had the power to protect, that God had the power to provide. The Bible says in Psalm 27, 3, Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. He says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 5, For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I will tell you a problem. We've been singing the wrong song. Have you ever been somewhere and, I mean, I think I was, I was at a pizza place and a song came up. I heard about three beats of it. I could have played Name That Tune and beat anybody they wanted to with an old song that was from my youth that my mind still remembered. And I can't remember all the words of Amazing Grace sometimes, but I could remember that song by whatever group that was. Every single word, every beat of it. And I was singing the wrong song. 
And I know y'all ain't never done that. But it seems like sometimes we get to singing, I'm never going to make it. I'm so discouraged. It's never going to get better. Things are never going to change. It's never, ever going to go my way. I am certain of that. That's what you're singing. I can look in your eyes when I shake your hand at the back or as you come across here. You are absolutely in fear and in panic. I don't know what it's about, but you are singing the wrong song. You need to start singing, Jesus can, Jesus can, Jesus saves. You need to pray, God, would you open my eyes? Let me see with your vision, Lord. Give me the perception of peace. Give me the perception of the power and the protection of Almighty God. Man, he has brought me through things that I did not think were survivable. And here I am, just little old me, still standing. You stand to your feet. I want to say this before you move. Seth, you go ahead and come on. There's some of you, I wrote this down. You come to the altar and you say, God, change it. Stop demanding that God changes it. God did not take away the host or the horses or the chariots that gathered by night to take him. They're still there. Stop demanding that God changes it. Say, God, you've allowed me to be in this predicament. And I don't understand why. So, God, would you allow me to see beyond it? Give me to... The, open my eyes and give me the ability to see as you see. Honey, he'll do that today. And he'll give you such... Y'all just bow your head. Maybe there's somebody here. You, you need to make your way to the altar and say, Lord, I've been looking through the lens of fear when I need to be looking through the lens of faith. Give me that contact, God, to look through the eyes of faith. Folks are moving. God, give me that today. God bless you. Keep coming. Come on. Mind him right now. We're going to pray together. Mind him. Mind him, oh God. I want to see through the lens of faith. Let me see with a divine ability. Father, this morning, Lord, as we bow in your presence, we want to say, Alas, my master, how shall we do? There's struggle. There is fear. There is panic. There is fraying. God, there is weariness. We admit it all. But Lord, in the nighttime, when we are surrounded by these fears that are very real, it is not a figment of our imagination. God, would you do a supernatural thing? Would you open our eyes? And let us see as you see. Let us see what it is that surrounds us is surrounded by your presence, is surrounded by your armed guards of glory, surrounded by your power. 
Lord, so what I fear, Lord, should fear you. <laughs> Woo! God, I pray today that, Lord, you'd give us peace and you'd give us a sense of your presence and help us, God, to enjoy our walk with you, God, rather than live a life of fear. Lord, would you take care of the needs of our children? Lord, would you map it all out? Help us, God, to trust you with it, to live in faith. God, you know what this church, you know the attack, you know the persecution, you know the slander. God, you know the whispering. God, I pray you'd get our focus. Oh, we fear when we focus on the wrong thing. God, get our focus on Jesus. And when we focus on Jesus, that brings faith. Help us, God, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.